0: Let me just pray and then we'll get right into it. I thank you, Lord, that I I know that your presence is here, Lord God. And and I just pray that this morning, Holy Spirit, as we bring the word. And it's it's a wonderful opportunity to bring it with Joe this morning, Lord God. We want to, Lord God, humbly, as best as we can, Lord God, deliver your word, Lord God, with precision, with, Lord God, uh, with your anointing, with um, Holy Spirit, with your uh, leading. I pray that you'd help us this morning because we always need your help. And I pray that the church will be ministered to this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, look, we have been talking about Kingdom Uniform. And we just thought, you know what, we're still going to go there because we do have a podcast. And for those who aren't here, we can always put it on the WhatsApp group. And we can share, you know, what we've spoken about this morning through the week. And so anyone can catch up. So we want to still go towards Kingdom Uniform uniform in in that direction and we want to speak this morning about the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and you know none other than the word of god and and you know the whole uniform kingdom uniform it it does do crossovers you know what i mean as far as we've talked about truth gird your loins with a belt of truth right so that is truth Where, where is truth found no other place but god's word right and then, of course, we talked about the shield of faith. And how can you have faith? How can you move forward with a spiritual shield other than understanding that that shield represents truth, God's word? Because you wouldn't be confident moving forward unless you knew that this shield right, will help you to be able to um, overcome the wiles of the devil as you move forward. That's scripture. So, again, it's shining It's pointing the direction of Scripture. And of course, this morning, we are going to be talking about the actual sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And interestingly, an interesting fact, and hopefully the trajectory of the day goes as good as it did last year. But on the 2nd of October last year, what we actually spoke about was one of the hills that we die upon, which was one hill that we die upon is the word of God. Now, let me explain what does the hill that we die upon even mean. What I want to say is the hills, hills that we die upon are in, in a battle scenario, right? A high place is a very important place to win in a battle scenario because once you have that vantage point from the high place, it, 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 it makes it very difficult for the enemy to overcome. So we talked about in the series last year, what are some of the five hills that we not only want to conquer and win, but we want to you know, die upon if necessary because it is such an important hill that it will never be compromised. We will never move away from that hill no matter what the circumstances, no matter what our culture says. This hill is one worth dying on, a hill that we die upon. Not all topics and things in our faith are worth dying on a hill. Does that make sense? Some things we get into theological discussions, and and they're important, but they're not worth dying on that hill, whereas the Word of God and truth, it is a hill that we die upon. Also authenticity, also the Holy Spirit, also prayer, also discipleship and and mission. There are five hills that we die upon. But anyway, I I, I went off track just to say that last year, interestingly, it is the 1st of October today, last year we spoke on the Word of God which today we're going to cover again and hopefully uh, do the best that we can.
1: Awesome. So as Dave said, we are speaking on the sword of the Spirit. Next week will be the helmet of salvation. And I know that uh, maybe we shouldn't have favourites, This probably my favourite one is the helmet of salvation. But I think it's so timely that we were singing that song today. This is how I fight my battles because we actually are given a weapon from the Lord to fight with and that is the sword of the spirit but just a little very short recap uh, kingdom uniform why do we need one well we are in the kingdom and there is a battle that wages and we don't fight against flesh and blood but we fight against principalities and this is why we need the full armor of God so Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So very quickly, Dave started the series with the belt of truth. Don't forget your belt. Who remembers that one? very important. You don't want to leave the house without your belt on. We must wear our belt of truth. Without truth, we have no right and we have no wrong. Without truth, we have no conviction of sin. And Jesus tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is our standard of truth. Because in today's day and age, if we don't have Jesus, then we can all have our own truths and what's true to you and what's true to me. No, Jesus And his word and his gospel is the standard of truth. So we need to never leave the house without the truth of Jesus. Sometimes truth is noisy. Dave said that the Roman guards, their belt would make noise when they walk in. Sometimes as Christians, when we speak the truth, it's not popular, but it's important and we need to speak it. The second week, I spoke on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is a gift from God. It is like a beautiful robe or a beautiful jacket that he gives to us. We can't sew one ourselves. We can't make one that would ever be good enough. Our absolute best deeds, the best we could possibly be, is like filthy rags before the Lord. But on the cross, that beautiful exchange of our sin for his righteousness, he who knew no sin became sin, and we became the righteousness of God. It was a miraculous, beautiful exchange. And so he gives us righteousness, but it is up to us to put it on. And what does it look like to wear the breastplate of righteousness? Well, it looks, it, it, it all, like Dave said, it all flows together. Righteousness is living out God's truth, living out God's ways. And so we need to wear the breastplate. Uh, we had a few weeks in between that, and then Dave spoke on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things the peace we have is about peace with god peace with man and god we're not talking up we're not talking about a man made peace or a Lighting a candle and I'm breathing and I'm closing my eyes. There's nothing wrong with calming yourself down. But that peace doesn't last. You'll go out, you'll get stressed again and you'll have to do that again. We're talking about a peace that surpasses all understanding. And we as Christians are meant to put on our shoes and we are meant to be prepared to share that good news. Guess what? God has made a way for him and man to be reconciled. We don't have to be at odds with God. We have peace with God. So we should always be prepared. So many times we have gone to the shops and my beautiful daughter, who I love with all of my heart, is not wearing her shoes and she is not prepared to go shopping. Women, that is a terrible place to be when you are not prepared to go shopping. We must always be prepared. Always, at a second, we are prepared to share the gospel of peace. That's why we need to put on our shoes. And then last week, Dave spoke on the Shield of And he, sorry, I'm getting a bit excited. He he spoke on Stephen and he really sort of tied all the elements of the armour of God, but especially focused on the shield of faith. Stephen was wearing the full armour of God as he gave up his life for the cause of Christ. His death was not a defeat. He was a mighty soldier for the Lord and he was wearing the full armour of God. He knew truth. He was wearing it and he spoke it and it was very noisy. It made a scene. He lived righteously. He was wearing his shoes of the gospel of peace and he was proclaiming it. He was proclaiming Christ. He had the sword of the spirit as he spoke God's word of how the people had killed the prophets and had crucified the son of God and it cut them them deep, right? He had the helmet of salvation on because even as stones were hurled at him, he knew whose he was. He knew where he was going. He knew his salvation was in the Lord, right? And he had the shield of faith. So those fiery doubts, imagine the thoughts that could have been coming over him at that time, the fear that could have been having But he had the shield of faith and he stood strong. He stood strong even until the end. So today we are speaking on the sword
0: of the spirit. Yeah, The sword of the spirit. I mean, come on, guys. This has got to be our favorite one, right? We actually get to have a weapon. So the armor that we've talked about so far has enabled us to go into battle knowing that we are equipped, right? We are fit for what we are about to go into, but we need a weapon. And praise God that we're not walking around with just a shield, ducking down and, you know, fending ourselves, but we actually have a sword to cut down. And let me let me read Ephesians six seventeen. It says, and take... The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is what? It is the word of God. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in who? In God. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And who knows that there are things... In this life and in this world that exalt themselves themselves or their selves against the knowledge of god and so we are to we have weapons of warfare that are not carnal to be able to to be able to uh, exalt itself against the knowledge of god bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of christ and as joe mentioned stephen could you imagine what kind of thoughts were perhaps going through his mind at that time on, you know, knowing that his life was about to be lost. I mean, of course, he was like a a giant in the faith, but he was human, right? And he could have had a whole bunch of thoughts. But at this moment, right, he was able to identify what thoughts needed to come to submission to God and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So a life lived like stephen uh, obedience being fulfilled right to the end right until he's laying his life down for the cause incredible incredible story so the sword of the spirit which is the word of god in hebrews 4:12 says this for the word of god is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints And marrows and and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart as i said this this verse perfectly illustrates what stephen was doing in that moment when he was um, confronting the high priest and all the council he was literally taking a sword and cutting deep conviction cuts right The, the the conviction of of the gods of god's word it cuts deep and in this moment he was taking his sword how do we yield our sword? Sometimes we yield our sword by speaking the gospel of truth, right? And he was cutting deep. It said that they were literally putting their hands on their ears. They could not hear what he was saying and they were gnashing at their teeth. He caused a reaction and yet it was necessary at that time. But it's an amazing reminder of this verse coming to life, seeing it in action, that it's sharper than two-edged sword. The entire Word of God, can I just say, the entire Word of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament is important. Every part of it. Now, I've heard sometimes, we were recently watching a a video on on YouTube and hearing about the, uh, you know, not putting too much confidence in the Old Testament. And I've even heard sometimes, oh, the God of the New Testament is different than the God of the Old Testament. That is not the case. That's absolutely not the case, and every part of God's word from beginning to end is important. And let me let me let me ground us in some truth before we move on. The word of God is timeless, it was from the beginning. God's word transcends time, its importance and relevance is for every generation. Don't worry about what you hear. Don't worry about you know what they're saying. Oh, you know, this is dated. No, it's not. It's dated, really? Well, we see the consequences and the outcome of believing that the Bible and the Word is dated. We see the chaos. We see the the, the craziness going on because people believe that the Bible is dated. We need a Bible revival, right? We need to come back and realize that the Word is the only foundation that we can stand upon. The Word of God was at the beginning of creation. John 1.1 says this, In the beginning was the Word... And the word was with God and the word was God. Now, let me just give you, before we move on to the next part of this sword that we're talking about, I want to just help us understand for those who might be confused about Old Testament and how it all works. Um, let me share Old Testament and New Testament. How do they tie in together? So the Old Testament serves as a precursor and foundation for the teachings and beliefs found in the New Testament, connecting the two parts of the Christian Bible. Does that make sense? It's a precursor. It's a foundation connecting the two. There's a historical foundation that we find in the Old Testament. The Old Testament provides the historical and cultural backdrop for the events and teachings in the New Testament. Okay, so this is, I want you to understand the importance of the Old Testament, how it relates. the New Testament, so that we know that the entire Word of God is our sword and is important. Okay, prophecy and foreshadowing. Many Old Testament prophecies foreshadow events and theme in the New Testament, especially regarding the coming of our Messiah. There are prophecies that that are speaking of Jesus, and of course Jesus came and He did what He did. And it it just goes to say that the Old Testament and the importance of it is so much more important when what was prophesied actually came about and actually happened. Amen? Moral and ethical guidance. The Old Testament contains the Ten Commandments and other moral teachings and serve as a foundation for Christian ethics in the New Testament. And of course, when Jesus came, he, he didn't get rid of the Law and the Prophets. He fulfilled the Law and the Prophets. Right? And so it's still relevant. What was is still relevant, but Jesus fulfilled it, and he gave us a new covenant, which is precious, and which is what we live and breathe today. Covenant relationship. The Old Testament establishes the covenant relationship between God and the Jewish people. We know that that's the original people that he had in mind. And praise the Lord that when the new covenant ca- came about, we now as Gentiles... <laughs> We are the, the unreached people groups of the earth, now are, are, are able to be able to inherit this wonderful righteousness through our, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. But, um, establishes the covenant relationship between God and the Jewish people, which is uh, later expanded upon in the New Testament through who? No other, but through Jesus. The Old Testament provides theological concepts such as sin, redemption, and sacrifice. So we see that in order to be able to bridge the gap between you and God in the Old Testament, right, they had, there was sin, just like in the New Testament, we are still sinners needing grace. There was redemption through the sacrifice of animals, right? They would take their best and they would offer unto God to be able to purify and to cleanse them from their sins, right? Of course, we know that in the New Covenant, as the New Covenant was established, Jesus Christ... He became the perfect sacrifice. He he, he fulfilled the law and the prophets, as I said. He came, he died on the cross once and for all. And the beauty of this story is what Jesus did does not fail. It's done once and for all, for all time, for into the future, etc. So on and so forth, amen? Do you, okay, and that's pretty much all I wanted to say about the foundation, right, of understanding how the old testament relates to the new testament so if you ever hear somebody say oh that doesn't matter that's old no no no, it, it is very very important my bad i'm still going the word of god will be at the end i'm going back to the eternal living word it will be at the end it was at the beginning and it will be at the end matthew twenty-three, thirty-five says this heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never never pass away God's word, church, is eternal. Peter, who lived with and died for Jesus, said this in 1 Peter one twenty three: You have been born again. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. The eternal living word of God. God's word was at the beginning, will be at the end and is eternal the eternal living word of god is as i said is a hill that we die upon over to you now Jeff.
1: so the word the sword of the spirit the word of god is we're going to go back again for a minute because it's it's, it's the foundation is truth the word of god is true it is truth john chapter 114 and the word became flesh so in the beginning was the word He was there in creation, yeah? And then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We don't have to be confused about the truth. Like I was saying earlier, in today's day and age, everybody's got a truth. Yeah, what you say is blue, what they say is pink, and what they say is pink is, yeah, like it is all over the place. But we know that the Bible is the absolute 100% assured truth, and we never have to be confused by that. John seventeen seventeen, Jesus prayed this prayer for his disciples and for those who would come. He says, sanctify, set apart, consecrate, separate then by your truth, your word is truth. Do you know that God wants us to be consecrated and separated in our lives, in our thoughts, in everything that we do, from raising our kids to having a conversation with a stranger to loving your your neighbour, whatever it is, we are meant to be separated. And how are we separated? Well, we follow a very specific, truth the only truth the only way and the only life that's over to you
0: (laughs) the next point about the sword of the spirit which is the word of god is his word conforms me to his image it conforms me to his image whose image the image of jesus we are our, our heart is to lord you know we've obviously got the cool bands that we wear these days, WWJD. But seriously, we are to live and breathe, believing that as we are called by him, that we are being sanctified and we are on a journey to become more and more like Jesus. And I know that, you know, when you hear stuff, stuff like this, it can be a little bit like, whoa, well, I'm, I know where I'm at and, and I'm not exactly there yet. But you know what? It's a journey, isn't it? And, and, and trust me, just have kids and realize how imperfect you are. Right? They remind you every day of what you know, the character flaws that you have. But when we lean into Jesus and say we want to be more and more like you, he helps us with his Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us. God's word shapes me and makes me more like Jesus, doesn't it? It makes me more like Jesus. Romans twelve two says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Another translation says, in NLT says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The question is, and I'm, am I conformed? That's the question. Am I conformed by the world, or am I transformed by the Word? It's a, it's a constant challenge. It's always something that will stare you in the face. Am I being, you know, transformed into becoming more and more like Christ, or am I conforming to this world? And many are conforming to this world, and it's sad to see that. You see, uh, even Christians are compromising, you know, being conformed to uh, being conform to the way in which the world thinks and behaves. And you see it and you're like, how do you know that it's being conformed? Well, the truth, the scripture tells us what is truth. How are we to conduct our lives? How are we to behave? The scripture tells us this. And that's what we can tell when there are some amongst us that are conforming to the world instead of being transformed by the renewing of their mind. This is a daily pursuit that becomes lifelong. Who's there yet? Anyone? <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all on a journey, aren't we? We're all on a journey. Again, I'm going to read this passage, and I'm going to just share a little bit about it. Hebrews 4.12, as I read before, For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, isn't it amazing how deep the Word of God goes? And I have personally, right, personally seen God's Word literally go through every bit of who I am into the deepest part of my core, right, to the point of where nobody can understand the, 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 the depth of the thoughts that I've had. God's Word has reached that place, to the place where no, no, no other, nothing else could reach. God's Word has been a rescue to me Right, because it is sharper than the two-edged sword. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Can I tell you something? Discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There has been times, and of course, we don't want to steal what we're going to speak about with the home of the salvation. But there has been times where thoughts right, have plagued me. Right? Wiles of the devil, we talk about them. Sometimes they have plagued my mind with the most random, most ridiculous most out there thoughts, most humiliating, debilitating, uh, whatever thoughts that would come into my mind. But you know what? I'm able to then get the scripture and pierce, pierce that body of mine, pierce that mind, pierce every part of who I am and speak truth into the depth of who I am. And I remember be, there was a time there, you know, early on in, in uh, my parenting life where I felt like all chaos had broken loose and Mentally to be honest, and it was it was crazy. But I remember quoting a scripture often and just saying that no evil shall be for me, no plague come near my dwelling. And it would feel like it was the furthest from the truth compared to what was going on in here. But I would constantly say, in that moment of trepidation and fear and you know, worry and all that, I would say, No evil the scripture says, No evil shall be for me, no plague come near my dwelling. And I would, I would continue to say that scripture regardless of how I was feeling. And can I tell you, I'm still here today. I'm still here today. By the miracle of God's word and truth. I'm telling you. Because if it wasn't for hearing truth at that moment, who knows where I would be. That's the truth. Has anyone got a testimony like that? Of scripture of truth penetrating through who you are, the depth of who you are, and saving your life This passage reveals that the word goes deep. My good friend, John Island, actually, he's not here this morning, but he always says the word of God is like a mirror. It identifies the truth about us, doesn't it? When you're reading scripture, right, you sometimes realize the flaws and and the the things that the Holy Spirit addresses while you're reading scripture. He goes this and this and this, and he points that out to us. It's like a mirror, and it goes deep. The word convicts and challenges us on wrong attitudes, behaviors and habits and priorities. And listen, it's important to say, I know we're talking about a sword and yielding your sword for battle. But the sword is relevant for our walk with the Lord. Because it will identify when you're not fit for battle, when there are things that you need to cut away, things that you need to you know, address. The word of God will give us that truth. And will help us realign ourselves so that we are fit. So that we are ready for mission. So that we can step out and be confident in who God has called us to be. As we yield ourselves to the truth of God's word, we become more like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Sorry.
1: Here we are. Sword of the Spirit. I want to get a little bit practical here for a second. And Dave started to to bring that in. The sword of the spirit. How do we use this sword? What what do we actually do with it? Well, we need to understand that the sword of the spirit is our true north. The word of God is because we know the truth and because we know without a shadow of a doubt that God's word is true. When all hell is breaking loose, we hold on to truth. We go forward. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 63. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So God's word, like we've been saying, is alive. but his spirit literally goes into our spirit. We have a compass. Like having a compass, it points us in the right direction. God's word navigates our life. And like Dave was saying, I know every single one of us in this room could say, yes, I have been, or I am in, or I was in. Or, you know, we don't want to be, but we know life is hard. We may be, again, in a season where we cannot even see this far in front of us. I had a season in my life where my boys were little, and I'm telling you, every lie of the enemy was in my face. Every single lie of the enemy was right there, and I could not even form my own thought to battle it. My own thoughts were not power, powerful enough to overcome it. And so I had to get scriptures because I spent most of my time in the kitchen. I would get scriptures and I used clothes pegs and I tied up just scripture cards all across my kitchen window. And as I'm there doing dishes and I'm like, God, I I don't, you know, sometimes you don't even know how to pray. You can't even formulate that prayer because you are that conflicted and, and that hurts. I would look up and I would just say the words out loud even if there was no feeling that followed, I would just say God's word. I would just declare God's word over that situation. And for many, many, many months, I had to do that. There was another time where I, in a pregnancy, received some really bad news. And it was, it was shattering. It was absolutely terrible. And again, one of those situations where I couldn't even form my own faith thoughts. I couldn't declare my own words without just wanting to shriek back. And so I got the sword. I got the sword of the spirit, and it wasn't my words, and it wasn't even it wasn't even my faith at that point. It was just that I knew God's word is alive and it's powerful. So as long as I'm speaking it, it's working. I'm just gonna speak His word. And so Dave uh, said a couple weeks back. Sometimes you just have to park on a scripture. Sometimes you're in a season where you, it's not like you can just read multiple chapters. It's like I've literally got one scripture that I'm holding onto for dear life. And so that was me in this situation. And I said the same, like you, the same scripture over and over and over again. And I was in a situation where I was listening to man's truth and it was true according to man, but it wasn't true according to God's word. And I refused to believe it. And so I just kept declaring God's word, God's word, God's word, God's word. And you know what? Like Dave said, praise God, we are still here. Today And his word is it. It doesn't mean that every, it's not a magic pill. Not everything goes perfect. We are promised trials. We are promised hardships in life. But God's word is strong. It is that strong foundation. Matthew 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock—the rock of hearing and, and doing. Oh, sorry, the rock of hearing and doing the sayings of Jesus. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. There was a time in my life as a Christian, and I've shared this before, but I grew up, I was born in church. I mean it, like I was literally like born in church. My parents were so keen. I was dedicated at seven days old. I was born in the church. I grew up in ministry. I grew up as a pastor's daughter. I married a pastor's son. Like I was just surrounded by ministry. And if anybody should have it together in their faith, it should have been me. But I came to this point in my adult life. I was 29 years old and that battle line was drawn. The enemy came for my soul. He came for it. He tried to get it with everything that he was. And my faith was like it was feeling so shaken and so rocky. But the word of God that had been in my spirit since a baby because my parents would take me. The word of God was a strong foundation. I'm telling you, I had thoughts. I had every conflicting thought, every argument that comes into your head about not wanting to be a Christian in this day and age. I had it. But the word of God is alive and his spirit was in life. And I did not fall, not because of my own strength. I would have been like that. I would have been on the sin and I would have been out, but it was the word of God. And again, in those times, I would just meditate God, I don't even have the thoughts and I don't even have the feelings, but all I have is your word. All I have is your word. Teach me your word. And I just want to say this as Christians, because this is something that really was part of that hindrance for me. If you don't understand your word, don't be okay with that. If you're reading your Bible and something has tripped you up, okay, the the Lord says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you're reading your Bible and you are bound by something you're reading, you're not reading it right because the truth will set you free. And I had situations in my life where I was confronted with things and I came to this point where I said, God, I don't want to know just what I've been taught. I want to know your word for myself. I'm not a baby. I'm not a child. I'm not a pastor's daughter. I'm not a pastor's wife. I'm your daughter and I want to know your word for myself teach me your word meditate meditate on his word day and night and i said lord teach me your truth whether it's truth i want to hear or not teach it to me i want to know it and i tell you in that time he gave me a vision and it was this ugly piece of metal it was like a thousand pieces of little bits of metal all put together and he pulled the pin and it all shattered to the ground and it was a horror it was a big crash it was a horrible mess And then one, I felt his voice tell me, I'm going to build you back up one piece at a time. We're going to do this again. You've been a Christian your whole life, but you're going to go deep in my word. You're going to go deep in my truth. And let me tell you, it's not always easy, but I love his word and I love his sword. And I'm, I'm not a strong person. I am not a strong person, but that is a strong sword. And every time the enemy comes, We cut it down. We cut down the arguments, and we cut down the lies in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. And you know, yeah, amen. Can I tell you, that sword, that sword is able to cut down lies. Because when you think about what are the wiles of the devil, well, some of the wiles of the devil are definitely lies that come, you know, come our way. Of course, we've got a shield. We can cut down arguments. We can cut down the things that that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, and we can bring those things that seem so intimidating to the feet of Jesus and say, no, no, no. And, and praise God that we are not powerless, but we walk into this battle, right, with our kingdom uniform. And, of course, we want to still speak about the helmet of salvation. We're not going to finish this series without speaking about the helmet of salvation because that is so relevant in today's day and age. I believe it really is the. Talking about the protection in a lot of ways, the protection of the mind. It is on that sculpt, on your head, protects the the thought process that you, you know, sometimes you you are bombarded with. But I hope that, you know, through the series, you've been encouraged that this sword, this armor is powerful and you are not powerless. You don't have to go into this life being hurled by, you know, uh, 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 wiles of the devil and and just get hit by it and, and not know what to do. But understand, God has given us the ability to be, live victorious lives. I'm not talking about lives without difficulty. We've never said that. Not, I'm not talking about lives without trials. They will come. But thank God that not only do we have the armor of God, we've also got his grace that is sufficient in every single situation. And as long as we continue to yield our spirits and, and, and not live by the flesh, but live by the spirit, right? we will be equipped to be able to face anything. And I say that with fear and trembling, by the way. I don't say that with ease. Oh, you know, bring on life's challenges because I know, church, there are times where, as Joe was describing, and as I have had in many cases, in the moment, if it's not by the grace of God, if it's not by His truth, we would not be here. And that, can I tell you something, can I encourage you in finishing that, that is the same for you, right? As long as your heart is incline unto God and say God, you know what you know what's going on, but please be faithful as I cling on to your word or to your truth and not, not think about any other alternative. Amen.